a Canadian take on America's favorite pastime. Third and ten with Ryan, Liam, and Jacob. Welcome to the very first episode of Third and Ten. My name is Ryan. I'm joined by my co-hosts Liam and Jacob. Hello, I am uh, Jacob, uh, formerly the Prince of Radio. Happy to be back, Ryan. Thank you. No one calls you the Prince of Radio. Please stop. Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Nobody. Nobody calls you that. Well, that's because you don't have the worldwide fans, guys. That's why you just don't get that it. Would do What's it. your worldwide fan? Tell me that. Everywhere. I, I, I'm in every continent. So the guy who isn't incredibly obnoxious. Hi, my name is Liam. You sure about that? No, I, I'm pretty obnoxious, but I, I do it for comedic purposes and to make myself feel better. But uh, anyways, so third and ten, this is yeah. the show. I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to be talking football, mainly the NFL, and a little bit of CFL and college football action in there as well. And if the XFL ever comes back. We got a long list of topics today. A lot of stuff has happened in this off season. Thank you, coronavirus. And you want to just dive right into it? Let's go for it. Should we start off with uh, the big story of this off season? Uh, which one? <laughs> uh, well, the big one is... Um, the, the 42-year-old Mr. Tom Brady making his way down to Tampa Bay. That's a huge thing. Come on, that, I think that's the biggest story of this offseason. Yeah, after playing his entire career with the Patriots, they had a dynasty there. He's probably one of the older oldest players to keep on playing at such a high level as well. Six Super Bowls under him too with the Patriots and Mr. Bill Belichick. Like, come on. Yeah, it's going to be his first time without Bill. I mean... Is this good or is this bad? Well, what do you guys think? Do you think Tampa Bay will become this crazy great team and win another Super Bowl, or will it just become another Brown situation? Uh, Ryan, yeah, you go bed? first. I'll I'll save my comments for last on this one. I think it's going to be really interesting because he's definitely moving onto a better team in the Buccaneers. He's got O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray, and now Gronkowski at tight end, and then he has one of the best. Uh, wide receiver duos in the league with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Mike Evans, Mike Evans, a top five receiver in my opinion as well. He's never had like that good of a receiving core, I don't think. You also have Sean, Lashawn McCoy in the back as well now. Like that just that signing happened only a couple days ago, and even though Lashawn McCoy is an older player, he's still got moves. He's he's still able to to absolutely kill it. And actually, this is the first time, or this is the third time since the 1970 merger. Where uh, the or the uh, the Buccaneers actually signed three uh, all time or not all time? What are they called? All stars. That's what they called. <laughs> I mean, Lashawn McCoy. I don't think is going to be that big of a deal. I thought he was going to be a big deal when Kansas City signed him, and he ended up getting overshadowed by Damian Williams there. So the very, I mean, very well, the same thing could happen in Tampa Bay to him. Yeah, but I mean, like worst case scenario, he could be a good mentor for Vaughn and Rojo. So like. Yeah, it's a good signing, but I don't think it's a huge deal. He's not going to be as dominant as he was when he was on the Eagles or the Bills. LaShawn McCoy reminds me a lot of James White in so many ways. Like they're both pretty good, like uh, receiving backs. So I don't know. I feel like it's he's pretty much at his home. He, he's pretty much got the Randy Moss version, like of the the Buccaneers. Like he's he, he they can go to the Super Bowl one hundred percent. I think the suit yeah, the the I, I, I don't think Tom Brady. I think the Buccaneers have a chance to get to the Super Bowl even without Lashawn McCoy, though. Yeah, Patriot, I mean, Randy definitely. Moss led team with a, a Gronk and a Hernandez. You know what I mean? When everything was just kind of flowing together. 
Well, now he's got. That might have actually yeah, been 2012. I might be wrong. Player with Mike Evans, he's got Gronk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He doesn't have Hernandez on the but, team. Uh, well, we all know why. But like, I mean, he he has a shell of what Gronk yeah, used Ryan, to be. Please don't don't I talk mean, about Madden ratings. I, I want to talk about. I don't care if Madden gave him a 95. Gronk for, is not a oh, tight end anymore. Don't get me just gonna run slant routes that. anyways and outside <laughs> runs. But, uh, yeah, we're obviously not getting the EA Sports sponsorship. But, uh, again, the thing about... Uh, Games that aren't yeah, maybe uh, The thing, though, about uh, Brady the on the Buccaneers NFL. that I find interesting is that he's switching conferences. He's we'll going to be playing a lot one. of new teams who haven't played him as much. He's going to have a really good cast around him. It's. I think at this point, it's not about whether they make the playoffs because I think that's almost a guarantee right now as long as he stays healthy because they have the defense. They have like a top 15 defense led by Todd Boyles, great defensive coordinator. They have now maybe, would you guys say top three offense or top five? What, what do you guys think on that? Oh, easily, easily top three offense of this next year. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Name other people who are above them. I mean, again, you got Tom Brady. Yes, he played pretty horribly last year, but he, he wasn't too bad. But now he's got two, like what Ryan said, two great receiving cores or two great receivers. He also has two great, three great tight ends that he's probably going to pass to Gronk most of the time. But it's still going to be, and and not like not to mention their offensive line is pretty killer. As so I like, said, yeah, they were like easily, a top fifteen defense. I would last say year, on they, probably. I don't think they've lost too many guys. I think they're going to be the yeah, same. And as their last defense year. is Todd nothing Boyles to sneeze at as well. And Brady's probably going to have the no, ball most I'm, of the time, so we, they won't even have to kneel back on them. Do you know what I mean? Like, kind of hope that they're like the ones holding down the fort. Yeah, and then the Bruce Arian system is probably the best system that Brady could have been inherited into. And let's also not deny the fact that the Bucks before Brady came on, were a stellar team. Again, we talked about it. The offense is probably number one, close to being it. The only thing that they were missing was a good quarterback. Yeah, they famous got rid of James, James not Winston. Cutting the bill. Yeah, they, they got rid of the turnover bakery known as Jameis Winston, and then they brought in Tom Brady, who is easily the greatest of all time when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah, even so though they, he's they, not what he once was, he's team. still a great quarterback. You know, he's still, I don't know if he would be a top 10 quarterback, like, comparatively in today's game, but he's definitely a great quarterback. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning. You know, he left uh, the Colts. He was, he wasn't, he wasn't as good as he used to be, but he won another Super Bowl out of it. Though. Yeah, and so I think Brady definitely exactly. has a chance to get another ring with the Bucks. I mean, thanks, thanks to Von Miller, Manning got another ring, but let's not top on, touch on that subject. Well, hey, the Bucks but have Shaq Barrett, so exactly like they are I, I a think killer I, team. It's not and that they're easy. I think they're there's some other teams ahead of them, but we can get to that. They're later. going to the Super Bowl. And they're going to make, they're they're going to win it one hundred percent. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we do have a lot of really big contracts that were signed this off season. The biggest one being Mahomes, Super Bowl oh, MVP. Nasty contract. Patrick nasty Mahomes. Nasty contract. What, what was it? it? Was like correct. 
10 10 year extension something like that 409 400 i forget i think it was 503 million dollars over 10 years yeah because uh it also the way they structured over the the next 12 years the first like four years he's making a little He's not making is his full potential money then at like the five, was six it? year mark when he's going to be in I'm his full look that prime. Up. He's going to be making like almost $60 million. Uh, well, next year, that's when, well, his extension kind of starts next year, but he's not making like the crazy money. So they can well, keep the rest of the He's still in his rookie team, contract, that isn't makes he? sense. Like he's not just getting the boatload of money right away. No. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 that makes sense. And not only is Patrick Mahomes probably one of the highest paid quarterbacks probably ever, but um, he's now a part owner of the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. Which is actually Which is why I want to interject. Well. I find it kind of weird. As much that as 2020 sucked, this was Patty Mahomes' year. This moment, yeah, it's been a great year for Mahomes. Absolutely. Because maybe under wraps, because. Right now in this corona time, we don't know what the salary cap's going to look like in the next two years because it affects... The salary cap is basically a percentage based off of how much the owners make, right? So the issue could become that Mahomes' contract is actually bigger than it really is if, let's say, the cap goes down $15 million without the attendance and the merchandising and the fans in the stands. So that could be the one drawback to this. Mm-hmm. He's such a like pure talent. That's all that Mahomes is. So I don't blame him for putting in the money to take him. Yeah. What's also going to be interesting about this deal is uh, how it's going to influence in the quarterback quarterback deals. Break for the money. Mainly, I'm thinking Watson and Lamar. Actually, I'm I'm thinking almost a little more down the road. Let's think. Let's pretend Lawrence gets really good. Is he going to get paid seventy million a year? Yeah, he very well could be. <laughs> Liam, what's your take? I mean, he he is our next. He is the next generation's, you know, Joe Montana. Like he he is the one to watch out for. He is the one that everyone has all their eyes on. You know, he, he came into the league being pretty much I wouldn't say a nobody, but almost like that, and then absolutely killing it his second year, winning MVP, and then year after winning uh, the Super Bowl. So he he is the next generation's like goat so i don't again i don't blame him for putting in the money for that yeah and then he wasn't the only guy who got a a big chunk of money this offseason christian mccaffrey running back run cmc baby it was a very interesting deal just because teams don't typically pay running backs because of how injury prone they are but mccaffrey just made bank oh again it's going back to what i was saying earlier about the next generation you know, he, he's, again, he's he's super young. How old is he? He's only 23, isn't he? He's very young, yeah. He, like, just finished his rookie contract. Yeah, so he, he's he's already in the league, and he's really establishing himself perfectly. You know, it's, it's again, can we see the next Barry Sanders? Can we see the next Bo Jackson? Like, the, again, this is the next generation. We're getting rid of these players like Tom Brady, getting rid of these players like, oh, God, who else is up there? Larry Fitzgerald. You know, all these players are now moving aside and making their way for the next group of phenomenal players. And that's why, like, again, don't blame him for giving him money. Like, he's a phenomenal player. He definitely needs the contract. He deserves the money. I mean, he took a Carolina Panthers team who was easily forgettable 
and making them sure they weren't playoff berth at all, but they were close to being it because of McCaffrey. Yeah. And you don't often see a running back carry a, a team the way that he was able to do last year. But it, again, it's always risky to pay a running back. Yeah, I, I, if you don't mind, I want to interject here because I actually see this completely different from you two guys. I actually, I've been thinking a lot about this deal, and the more I think about it, the more I actually really dislike it. Go, Go for, for it. it. Because first of all, have you guys seen McCaffrey's like load that he gets every game? He gets, I what is it, a bunch of passes a game. He runs the ball a lot. He's on the field almost every play. Mm-hmm. At his young age right now, that's not terrible, but especially with this deal now, this puts more pressure on him not to get hurt. So is Carolina, first of all, going to do some load management kind of NBA style where he's no longer on the field every play? Are they going to, I don't know, maybe have him run? Is McCaffrey just Kawhi Leonard for the NFL? Yeah, maybe. (laughs) But what I'm trying to get at here is running back right now, there are so many great running backs that you can just find in the draft, that you can find anywhere, that you can back up running backs. For example, the Buffalo Bills last year have Frank Gore and Singletary. They were almost, you could swap either one out and they were going to get yards either way. What I'm trying to say here is that the running back position has become so good that I don't see a reason to give these guys elite money when you can get a running back a little bit cheaper, who's not as good as McCaffrey and not going to get his production, but a guy with less risk of, first of all, getting hurt and not screwing up your whole team. Second of all, you pay, like, with this McCaffrey contract too, now you have to put money into different positions and not into, let's say, a decent backup if he does go down. And McCaffrey, to be fair, only got this team to 8-8, eight and eight, even with his amazing numbers. McCaffrey, in my mind, is more of an amazing fantasy player <laughs> at times <laughs> than he is an actual football player sometimes in terms of getting his team's wins. I don't know. I, I see why they did it. He deserves this money, in all honesty. Like, if this was 10 years ago, no one would be arguing this. But today, where there's just so much depth at this position... So many great players. I don't see a reason to play an Elliott or a McCaffrey this money. Because if you look at these Super Bowl teams, they don't have the high-paid running backs. Damian Williams wasn't making crazy money last year. That's very true. And I mean, my my, my one... I mean, I, I agree that there's a lot of depth at the position. You don't necessarily have to pay a running back this much money. But if you were going to give this big of a contract to any running back in the NFL, who would it be? It probably McCaffrey would be the best candidate to make this money. I'm just saying if I was, let's say, a GM of a team, I would be very, very hesitant to pay a guy who only got my team to 8-8, eight and eight, even with his amazing numbers and with no defense. I'd still be terrified because also Carolina is going through a rebuild. You're not going to be getting McCaffrey in his prime by the time they get good again because the running back's kind of lifespan is very low. Yeah, by the time they hit 30, they start falling off. No, actually, it's it's younger. It's like 26, 27, 28. That's usually when your production starts going down. Well, I'm talking about guys at, at McCaffrey's level. Yeah, but, Ryan, if we don't know, like, he hasn't taken a big injury yet, if I'm not mistaken, since he was in college. Yeah. So, one injury, you don't know what this guy's going to look like. Uh, you've definitely got a point there. But there's one more contract that I wanted to touch on, and it is a significantly smaller contract Uh, than the two that we were talking about money-wise, but it might be one of the biggest contracts uh, when it comes to how it's going to impact the league, and that's Cam Newton going to the Patriots. Yeah. I I love it. I love this deal. That's nuts. (laughs) That's all I got to say for that one. 
it's a really great deal for the Patriots and a really great deal deal for Bill. Uh, and I hope it works out for Cam. Uh, it's a really good deal for him to work with a fantastic coach. Uh, and I think he's definitely got the best shot of getting his career back on track in New England with Belichick. Uh, but it's going to be very interesting to see to what say, happens there. I was about to say, like, Cam Newton isn't a bad quarterback at all. He is a he's a good quarterback. I mean, he made it to the Super Bowl. He was an MVP. Like, first couple of years of being in the league. He won MVP. Like, he, he is a great quarterback. Again, what you were saying, he just needs to get his career back on track. And being with a coach who is a no-nonsense coach – despite having Antonio Brown last year. But again, it's only for a game. Yeah, that's true. But um, that that's, I think the per that's the perfect coach you need. If you want to get everything back on track, because he, again, he's taken a 199th pick quarterback into being one of the greatest of all time. You know, he, he's taken so many great players and made them better all because of just, how great he is as a coach and how great he is as a he's not he's a, is he a gm i don't i think i saw something saying he is i have GM. no idea okay you, you'd have to tell me yeah he is the gm yeah so there you go he is yeah, the patriots so essentially he, he is the patriots the only thing he isn't a part of the patriots is owning the actual team but he's probably going to do that so <laughs> one of these days yeah as soon as robert Kraft dies he he's already in his will giving it to a gentlemen i just want to i want to throw this story out to you as a complete hypothetical because this is how at least i view it Bill Belichick was literally walking down the street with Jared Stidham. And he's like, you know, Jared, things are going to be good. And uh, we'll start and maybe you'll be good enough. He's like giving him some fake reassurance. He's not a thousand percent sure. But all of a sudden, Cam Newton just falls out of the sky like a meteor right in front of him. And just crashes in front of him and says, Bill, I'm ready to play for you. I'm here to save your career. I'm here to save your legacy even more. And Belichick has no choice but to just take him because... He literally stumbled across gold. This is literally, I don't believe this actually yeah. happened. I don't know how someone else didn't look at Cam Newton. Bill Belichick, once again, is proving that he plays to win the game. He's just brilliant. And what I what I was kind of talking about before, and I've said this on another show, was that I think I'm a fan of Jared Stinham. I think he's good. But Cam Newton's value is so amazing right now. That if you don't give him an opportunity, even if Stidham's amazing, you're just foolish because Cam Newton could be that MVP caliber player again with the right system and the right coach. Yeah, and like I can see this going one, uh, two different ways for the Patriots, and either way, it's a win-win. The first one is Cam Newton has a career resurgence. He gets back up to that MVP caliber caliber that he was when he lost to Peyton Manning in the Super Bowl. Uh, and he's able to, you know, keep the Patriots dynasty going. The alternative is if he can't seem to get back, if he gets injured, whatever happens, then he's a phenomenal mentor for Stidham, and I think he would be more willing to be a mentor to someone like Stidham since they went to the same university. They're both Auburn, Auburn guys. Yes, I'm happy you brought this up. But here's one thing is that this is Belichick's. I don't know if it was his first time dealing with he, Newton's a, a mobile quarterback, right? Can we agree on that at least? Absolutely. Yeah. This is Belichick's first time in, I think, ever working with a mobile quarterback. How is that going to work out? Because he's, he's been for 20 years. He was with a guy who was slower than a toddler's tricycle. <laughs> and now he's now he's with Cam Newton, who's not only really great. He 
Cam Newton reminds me of a, I wouldn't say not as talented, but kind of not as well production. Uh, Russell Wilson, you know, he, uh, that is, that is slander. <laughs> it's, it's not slander. I mean, like he reminds me so much of Russell Wilson, but he's not like Russell Wilson. He's also got a much bigger frame than Russell Wilson. Okay, I'll, t- I'll tell you what the difference is. I think it's like 150 pounds. You don't want to tackle Cam Newton. He's a tight end who can run. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Cam Newton is huge, and a lot of people forget that when they see him. He's a tight end that can run and pass. Like, that's... Yeah. But do you think Billichick... Liam, I want to I tell you a story, okay? Tell me the story. I want to tell you a story Go after your point's done. Uh, no, basically okay. saying, like, do you think Bill Belichick will do a good job with a mobile quarterback since he's been with pocket passers for most of his career? I think he'll probably have Cam play in more of a pocket style, and I think that's what Cam needs, especially when he's had such difficulties with the injury bug. He's got to stay in the pocket more, he's got to pass more, and trust his O-line. Okay. Do you guys, have you heard of a guy named Tua Tunga Viola? <laughs> of course. Okay. Don't think I ever have. Okay, so Nick Saban, the coach of Alabama, had never had a mobile quarterback like that ever in his life, okay? And Tua from Hawaii literally gets dropped off at his doorstep saying, Coach Saban, I'm a, I'm an amazing prospect. I want to play for you. And Nick Saban was like, please, come in. Come into our building. We want you. We think we can make something of you. And... At the time, the starter was a guy named Jalen Hurts, who's now on the Eagles. He's probably going to be the new Taysom Hill. And Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts was kind of the first guy who started. He was basically Nick Saban's first really good mobile quarterback who could get the job done. And at the time, the the questions were asked, can Nick Saban at Alabama deal with the mobile quarterback? And with Jalen Hurts, they were doing all right, but they weren't getting over the hump. But then they put in Tua Tunga-Viola, and all of a sudden now, Nick Saban's an amazing mobile quarterback coach. So Liam, why I'm saying this is I think Nick Saban is not as good of a coach as Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick, I think, is a lot smarter. And he's going to be able to utilize Newton as a mobile quarterback perfectly. I think this is a match made in heaven, actually. It's definitely a, a really good uh, deal. And I don't see it. It might go bad for Cam, but I do not see this going bad for the Patriots. I think it was an excellent signing by them. So do you think it's going to go either way? Do you think Cam Newton will have to learn a new style of play or Bill Belichick will have to learn a new style of play? They're probably going to meet in the middle. Belichick knows that he's going to have more options when it comes to the running game with Cam than he ever did with Brady. But at the same time, Cam needs to be throwing the ball more, not only because that's Belichick's system, but also because of the injury problem. I'm pretty sure Belichick's going to look at him in training camp and go like, I can't believe a quarterback can run that fast. I, well, here's, I here's even the it's worst definitely... case scenario. Newton's kind of, he's busted, right? Like he's not the player he was. You know how maybe the best backup in the NFL. That's very true. And a really good mentor for Stidham, both Auburn guys. And Ryan, I love that point. I love the Auburn connection. You have just, you've blown my mind. I forgot they both went to Auburn. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, but yeah, so that's all those, uh, those are, I think, the biggest contracts that were signed in the offseason, uh, but there were some really big trades that happened. One of the biggest ones included David, jo- David Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, man. A very polarizing trade to many of people. Stupidest trade of all time. Why the hell would you get rid of a top three wide receiver and just go like, mm, give him to the Cardinals for basically nothing? What are you trying to do? Like, 
I don't know. It, that that trade now, kind of pissed me off. I don't know off. if I'm allowed to talk about Hopkins because he went to Clemson, but I I don't know. Hopkins, not a good deal, but I mean it's good for Arizona. Very good for Arizona. Yeah. What what I think is really hilarious about this trade uh, is that the Texans traded for David Johnson, uh, who is a very similar player both in name and in play style to Duke Johnson, who they already have on the Texans. So now they have two D Johnsons that are really good at catching passes out of the backfield. This, this but still, true. why the hell get rid of DeAndre Hopkins? Like he, we all know, we all have seen, he is a fantastic wide receiver. It's like, I don't even know. I can't even draw like any similarities to any other trade. Cause I, I'm, I think this is one of the stupidest trades of all time. That's maybe, maybe the idea is they're trying to do mind games with the other team. It's like, all right, I need you to uh, cover Johnson, uh, the running back. Yeah. Which one? I don't know. It, it balls already snapped. One of them's taking off. <laughs> I think okay. I have to go to that one. I have no clue. <laughs> now, there's too many d johnsons i see why you guys are crushing this trade and i i do agree it's a very bad trade but something i think we have to keep in mind is and these are rumors i don't know what's true what's not hopkins has spoke about it but we don't know if maybe hopkins was kind of hurting the culture in houston and maybe him and bill o'brien they've always had tension maybe they just couldn't see eye to eye and genuinely Bill O'Brien just wanted him as far away as possible from the team to a different division, somewhere just where he couldn't affect other teams in his division where maybe he could have got more. I don't know. It's a weird destination, but I think that's something that might be left out here. It might be culture issues with what he was doing to the locker room. It very well could have been. How I view this trade, it's definitely not a not a great it's not a, it's a win loss situation for for the Texans. You know, Cardinals, you have Kyler Murray, who's definitely he's a great quarterback. Definitely needs to work more on his passing game. But what you have there is you have Larry Fitzgerald coming out, and then DeAndre Hopkins coming in. Yeah, a very good kind of passing of the baton. Yeah, you're basically replacing Larry Fitzgerald with a Larry Fitzgerald 2.0, like. It's it's definitely it's a, a good side for Arizona Cardinals, but man, Texans, come on! First you wait, <laughs> you, first you waste JJ JJ Watt, and now you're getting rid of DeAndre Hopkins, like yeah, and who knows what's gonna happen to Deshaun Watson down there too? He's gonna get exposed this year. That's exactly what's gonna happen. He might be, or he they might even end up trading Wat, uh, Watson uh, in like a year's time. Who knows? Oh yeah, Jamal Adams to the Seahawks. I think they're trying to build a second Legion of Boom out there. When was the last time they had a good defense? Legion of Boom. That was the last time they had a good defense. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing that they were the Seahawks were not wasting on, but that was the missing piece to the Seattle puzzle. You have a pretty good offense. First off, your, your receiving core is pretty good. I mean, we see DK Metcalf being phenomenal even in his rookie year. Tyler Lockett's pretty good. Tyler Lockett is is a pretty good wide receiver, but then you and have... if Will Disley can come back at full strength at tight end, that's going to be great. Uh, but even then, they have Greg Olson there now too. And and then you got Chris Carson in the backfield, and then you also have another running back, but also a quarterback, Rashad Penny. Well, no, I was about to say with, with uh, Russell Wilson, like he is <laughs> he is a fantastic quarterback, and even Ryan, like you've talked to me about this multiple times, he's a quarterback that can 
book it down the field, but it's still watching out for players and still seeing who's open and trying to make that split to second decision. And he can make that split second decision. Well, Seattle is like kind of coming out of a rebuild right now. But while they were in that rebuild, they were still playoff contenders because of Russell Wilson. Yeah, Wilson's probably, at least in my opinion, the second best quarterback of the decade. He's been phenomenal. I think he's the second best quarterback in the league right now. Absolutely, behind, uh, absolutely. Mahomes. He is one of two guys I would pay more than $40 million for on my team. But, I mean, absolutely. You, you're going... Is that why he's like, what, number three on the NFL 100 list? Ah, uh, that list is just... No one cares I about believe that, that list. But, uh, here's the that thing. That was such a stupid <laughs> list. Here's the thing. What Seattle has done, which I both like and dislike, is they've decided to kind of... So, what they had... You guys haven't mentioned what they've given up for the trade. They had to give up two first-round picks. Uh, they had to give up a player, and they had to give up, I think, a fourth or something. And all they got in return was Adams, and I believe it was a third. I'm positive that they got a third with them, but... Yeah, but honestly, I would have done that trade too just because of how great of a player Jamal Adams is. And then when you tr- when you pair him up with Tedrick Thompson at safety, who's like he's not a Jamal Adams, but he's a phenomenal yes. player. And then you have Shaquille Griffin at corner and you have Bobby Wagner at middle linebacker. Like you have a lot of really good high-end talent on that defense and their offense is nothing to sneeze at as well. So, like, I think the Seahawks are winning that division. Because you have so many great players on defense, even the, the ones that are, like, kind of in the middle, like, they're good, but they're not playoff caliber, will definitely play off both. Like, they'll play off Wagner. They'll play off uh, Griffin. They'll play off of Adams. So, like, you need that You need that one more key part of the defense to make your whole defense a great, a great team. And Adams is that player. Yeah, uh, Jamal Adams essentially is just a younger Harrison Smith. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I could totally see that. And Harrison Smith is such a big part of why that Vikings defense has been so good and consistent these past, you know, however many years. Because he can he can play in the box, he can cover on the outside. He's a, re- he's a do-it-all guy, and he's got such great play recognition he's got such a a high football iq uh it's really something that like he's worth giving up two round two first round picks because he's jamal adams you know don't look at it that way what how did the okay so here's my question then let's pretend the seahawks don't win the super bowl this year okay and there's some really good teams so it's very probable they don't win what are they maybe top five team in the league yeah so if they don't win this year the issue is how do they really get better now yeah what you've kind of done is you've stunted any more growth in there. I don't want to say they're they're kind of out of the rebuild phase. They're kind of now in the playoff window phase. But you've now created a really small playoff window, maybe two, three years. Well, Adam still is going to be really good. But then after that, if you don't win a Super Bowl, I'd consider this trade a failure because you practically sacrificed your future. I like the trade. It's a risk reward. Like, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying as a Seattle fan, if you are a fan of that team... You need to now acknowledge that you have like two, three years to win a Super Bowl or else you're in a lot of trouble because you're not going to have really a future. Yeah, that and that's definitely a fair point. Uh, but I think they have a really good chance to win a Super Bowl in these next three years. Maybe not immediately this year, uh, but I think like maybe the year after or year three for sure. 
uh, there's going to be a really good chance that they can like at Ryan, least make it. Is Wilson getting better, yes or no? I think Wilson's plateaued right now. Exactly. So that means now it's up to kind of the rest of the supporting cast to try to play at a high level to help him out. Mm-hmm. Well, remember how they got uh, into the playoffs uh, last time? They, they made it, uh, what, to the divisional round? Lost to the Packers, and then the Packers lost to the uh, San Francisco? Yep. Yeah. I think Jamal Adams uh, is the difference between, you know, beating the Packers. Okay, and I'm going to be excited. I hope this trade works out because I love these bold trades. Yeah, and with with Jacob and I being uh, a Bears and a Vikings fan respectively, we would love to see the Packers lose. <laughs> exactly. Amen. <laughs> All right. Do we want to move on to uh, what's going on in Dallas? Yeah, yeah. We got to we got to get this moving here. <laughs> Yeah, Especially the, the quarterback in situation in Dallas, very, very interesting. We're going to okay, have well, very off, angry debates about this. <laughs> two, two people here both agree with each other, and then we have that one person that's a Dak stan, and that's Jacob, so I want you to go first. Please. Yeah, you go Please. first on this one, Jake. Okay, I'm going to take the stand here. I uh, Then you guys can say whatever you want. I'm, this is just my statement here about Dak Prescott because I think it gets lost in translation, first mm-hmm. of all. Before I even start this rant, Ryan, I never want to hear the words come out of your mouth that Philip Rivers are better than Dak Prescott. Please don't say that anymore. <laughs> this year, Philip Rivers isn't better this year. He's old. He has to take care of all his hundred children. He doesn't have time to play football. Please don't say that. Okay, now I'm going to get to the rant. So, Dak Prescott is a top 10 quarterback, but I don't think a top 10 quarterback, unless you're a top two or three guy, you don't deserve $40 million or more. So I actually really like the Cowboys move, not giving in to his demands, because the moment they pay him like this, they're stuck with him. And I think he's going to be a worse player without all the help around him. But the thing is, Dak Prescott does still deserve a really good deal. And he deserves, if they do pay him $40 million, I wouldn't do it because I think you only pay those like top three guys. But at the very least, I'll applaud him for getting the Cowboys on his side. But I think you too, the issue with your arguments here is that you're not acknowledging that Dak has been amazing the last three years. Last year was a bit of a blunder, but I'd blame that more on the defense because Dak still had great statistics. He doesn't really throw interceptions and he was let down a lot and the play calling was awful on third down. I know I'm saying a lot here, but basically my defense is Dak is a top 10 quarterback. If he gets paid, he at the very least deserves it, even though I wouldn't do it, but I, I don't think you give Dak enough credit. I think you're I think you're piling it on to the wrong people here. Please go. What what I think Dak is doing right now is I think he's punching his ticket out of Dallas, and I think he's going to end up on another team next year. Uh, especially with I, I can very well see uh, Dak not getting the money, deciding to to sit out the first few games. Andy Dalton coming in. And Andy Dalton, not playing at Dak's level, obviously, because he's not the quarterback who Dak is, but Andy Dalton at least, you know, winning games. Because they have a really good supporting cast there in Dallas. They have one of the best O-lines in football. They have Ezekiel Elliott, and they've got a really good one-two punch wide receiver with Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah, Liam, you're on the stand, buddy. I I did my piece. Okay, well, first off, I would like to say Jacob is uh, our version of Skip Bayless. Uh, second. That, that's slanderous. <laughs> is it really, though? 
Absolutely. No, I like Jake way more than Skip Bayless. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. I don't blame you. That's why that you're one. invited to the Christmas party this year. He he definitely he led uh, in yardage last year. Dak. Right? I if think I'm not it was mistaken, uh, yeah. famous Jameis. Or no, that was Jameis. That was Jameis. Yeah, that 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 blows. <laughs> Just that, that blows. That's great. But but uh, like he, last year. Yes, you can say that it wasn't really a great year. 30 touchdowns, that's pretty good. Jameis got 30 touchdowns. But 11 interceptions. You're saying he doesn't that's really throw interceptions That's a 3 to 1 ratio, much? my dude. Still, though, you, you can't throw 11 interceptions. You can't throw 11. Guy. That's okay. All righty. All righty. Okay. <laughs> so if we're going to look at it this way, and I know, Ryan, and you hate this, but look at This is coming PPR. from a guy who can't throw a look football the for the love PPR. Him. He just scores offensively. He just moves the ball. He just finds ways to move the ball. Like, I don't know what more you want him to do. If you're going to say he doesn't deserve to be top 10 because of his interceptions, I assure you, if we go through Ryan Cyberman's Phil Simms list, his version of it, we go through your list, I'm sure there's a bunch of other guys on that list that have thrown a bunch of interceptions too that don't have the production Dak has. And I don't why you're knocking him. Yeah, well, my... For me, I don't think the interceptions are a problem with, with okay, Dak. He's you, not man. a Jameis Winston, that's for sure. For me, it's just he, he, he often... I don't know if it's his fault or the team's fault or the play calling, and maybe things will be different with Mike McCarthy and I'm going to eat my words, uh, but like they just seem to not win games that they should be winning. But he's gotten to the playoffs like two of the last three years, so he is winning games, though. He's not winning enough games. Like I think the, the, the Cowboys roster is talented enough to be getting uh, a, round, like a, a bye week in the playoffs. And they just aren't. And then when they play on wildcard weekend, they often aren't winning Absolutely. that game either. They underperformed last year. Absolutely. Okay. Pre- the thing with Prescott, Prescott's not a bad quarterback at all. Not saying that he is. I mean, there's there's definitely people that are worse for him that it was leading in the past yardage of last year. Um, but again, like he, they choke in the playoffs. And a lot of it is because of Dak. They choke on games that they need to win. And that, that's a lot of the reason of why a player like him isn't really up there. You 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 can, If you're supposedly supposed to be a top five quarterback of the season, then why the hell are you losing these games that will help you become better in the future? Okay, so I already said last year his defense vastly underperformed. And another issue is they had a first-year offensive coordinator. So you can even look at it. The play calling for most of the season on third down and even goal line was very suspect at best, and especially in those clutch moments where, like the one game, I believe it was uh, the Jets. That game, remember when they got killed by the Jets? I kid you not, Ezekiel Elliott was averaging really good yards on the run, yet for some reason they just kept throwing the ball. Like, it was just such a weird year play calling-wise, and I really think... uh, they're, they're like the new offensive coordinator last year. He just had to find his rhythm. He had to just kind of understand how Dak plays, understand what's going on. And Liam, last year, I am going to give you this. If I just looked at last year alone and just watched Dak last year, I would agree a thousand percent with your points. But I think we need to look at the past as well and see how good he was and acknowledge that a blip year doesn't take away a man's status as top 10. That's very, very true. Now, I'd, I'd, I'd like to, to move on now 
to players that have decided to opt out of this season and how that's going to affect their teams. I know. Yeah, I, I did a lot of talking. Why don't you guys start? <laughs> yeah, so the Patriots have lost the most players by far uh, in some pretty big names like Patrick Chung, uh, Dante Hightower, Danny Vitale, Marquise Lee. Uh, but there's also like quite a few other uh, teams that have lost some notable names. A lot of the players who have opted out are not huge deals, uh, but there are some big ones. CJ Mosley on the Dets, on the Jets opted out. Devin Funches in Green Bay has opted out. Nate Solder in New York. Marquise Goodwin, uh, wide receiver for the Eagles. Damian Williams and uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the Canadian, opting out on the Chiefs. So it's definitely enough to make things interesting. Eddie Goldman on the Bears, Jacob. D-tackle yeah, Eddie Goldman. Yeah. He's not going to be playing this year. Uh, so with, with all of these players, these are the notable ones. There are obviously more, and there's probably more names to come as well. Uh, but how do you think this is going to really affect the league? Uh, it's it's going to affect it really hard. I am hoping for an NFL season because, one, uh, I, I want to make money off this podcast. Uh, two, <laughs> uh, it's just... I don't know. It's something that being in quarantine for so long, yes, we have hockey back. Yes, we have basketball back and baseball, but, but football is the sport for me, and I want that to come back. However, with not only so many players opting out, but so many players getting put on um, on COVID-19 reserve list as well. Uh, Stafford just got put on that list. Uh, Gardner Minshew just got put on that list. Like, it, yeah. It's definitely what we're looking at right now is we may not have an NFL season. Yeah. Well, the benefit of players going on those lists is that they do have a chance to come back. Yeah, but, but it, the, it, the players still... that are opting out for the entire season, we're not going to see them in pads until 2021. But do you think people that are even on the COVID reserve list are going to come back or are they going to opt out right after? It's going to depend on, 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 you know, what they decide and, and just how things go for them. And, and there's not really any way for us to kind of decipher how players on the COVID reserve lists are going to go. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm talking mainly like like Damian Williams, CJ Mosley. Those are, are, are big players that just aren't going to be around this year. You know, Damian Williams just got a ring. And, and he we're not going to see him until 2021. CJ Mosley, a really big part of that Jets defense. So now the Jets have lost both Jamal Adams and CJ Mosley. What's going to happen to them? Are they going to fall apart? What's going to happen for Sam Darnold? You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions, and we can't necessarily answer these questions. Uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see them play out. Mm -hmm. Well, not even that, but um, Chiefs also lost another one. I would say a key player uh, with uh, I I don't know how to. Laurent, yeah, name. the Canadian, La the yeah, offensive yeah, lineman. Yeah, the Canadian guy. They, they didn't lose him for opting out. They didn't lose him for anything like that. He he wants to work on the front lines to help Yeah, COVID well, he did opt out. He opted out to work on the front lines. Yeah, but it's not like opting out because he just doesn't want to play. Mm -hmm. it's... But they so still don't definitely... have him for that for next year. They're, we're not going to see no, him on and... the field until 2021. And and he is a great player. Like he, He's still pretty good. For a guard, he's really, really good. So... I don't know. It, it's definitely. I, I think it's going to really take a toll because as soon as one or two players start opting out, everyone's going to start opting out, and a good chunk of players are going to start opting out. 
what I, I I don't know about that specifically, just because for a lot of these players, especially the biggest players, their life is playing football, and they're going to make sure that that happens. You know, guys like Russell Wilson, guys like Tom Brady, you know, they're going to play because th- but, they want to play. That's what they do. But you also have Philip Rivers, who really wants to play, but then what if something happens? He catches it and comes home to a hundred kids, and then gets surrounded and through there and then i don't know it's it's definitely oh, okay, okay. I, don't, I don't know it, it's definitely it's a weird situation i want football to come back and i want there to be a season but i'm, I'm on the fence about it i don't even know if it's going to happen i i promised ryan on the show i i would not get political at all so that's why i'm just going to keep this to the patriots and how this affects their season yeah okay and I, i'd also like to hear your your take on the jets situation as well losing cj mosley Okay, because my Patriots take and my Jets takes are actually kind of similar. So because I believe it's uh, five or six Patriots players have opted out, including some very big names. So Bill Belichick might use this year, if it does not go well early, just as kind of a restructuring year to just kind of get his system in place for Cam Newton before he wants to re-sign him. And I see this year for the Patriots as kind of just a dress rehearsal now. Not necessarily a go for the Super Bowl year, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And for the Jets, I think the Jets are already kind of rebuilding, even though they're at the point where it's kind of sounding like the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, when does the process end? Yeah. So, I know, Ryan, you probably don't get that, but basically we're at the point with the Jets where the like the sand in the time hourglass of the rebuild is coming to an end and maybe you can just get enough sand this year to have one more year to justify it. And you can just kind of tank this year. That that's all I can really say without going into anything else in detail, because the NFL season, I really hope it comes back and it sucks that these, it, well, sorry, I don't want to word it like that. It, so many guys opting out, that's their decision, they're right, and it kind of sucks because there's going to be less talent in the NFL this year, and uh, I'm, I'm very optimistic, though, right now that there will be an NFL season. Yeah, I, I, I would consider myself optimistic about there being a season as well, uh, especially since we're seeing all these other, other sports coming back. Uh, you, you know, it just kind of gets your hopes up a little bit. <laughs> like right. Georgia and uh, Texas already announced they're doing high school football. Yeah. And California has moved their football up one week. And you know California has been a really tough state when it comes to COVID laws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact California is only moving their season, like, up a week is, well, by up I mean back a week. Like, they're starting it a week later mm-hmm. than normal. That should tell you that there's a lot of optimist, uh, like optimism in football. Yeah, which is great to see. Uh, all right, so we're about 48 minutes into the podcast now. Uh, would we like to touch on a couple more pro- uh, topics, or do you want to guys you know, start wrapping it up? Yeah. I'll let Jacob go first on this one. Uh... So, everyone who's ever listened to Bench Warmers Club knows I'm very critical of Baker Mayfield. And although I see a lot of talent, and when he was at Oklahoma, I don't know if there is a more exciting, entertaining player to watch besides maybe Johnny Manziel when he was at Texas Tech for that one season of Magic. But Baker Mayfield, I think, has slowly found out that in the NFL, he's not faster than defensive linemen. 
he's at the same speed. And Baker Mayfield getting better is the only way the Browns get better. Because if Baker Mayfield cannot play to his first pick status, by the way, a first pick, if he can't, it's kind of like the way Trubisky hasn't played up to his status as a second pick. Baker Mayfield needs to play up to his status in order to elevate the Browns, but I think Odell Beckham has actually hurt this team more than we know, and Landry's been the better wide receiver in my mind, and I think the Browns need to settle, first of all, what Odell's doing, because every week in last year he was talking to different teams saying save me or whatever. So mm-hmm. the Browns need to figure that situation out. They have a good defense already. Miles Garrett is, I don't want to get into that, but he's back and he's got a good contract and they have a good defense. Their offense is hopefully going to be better. Baker just needs to progress. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think it's it's a make it or break it year for a lot of the the quarterbacks in that draft. I think it's going to be make it or break it for Darnold this year as well. And uh, I I think Josh Allen has at least done enough to buy himself a little bit more time. And then Lamar is fine. Lamar is fine. <laughs> but Ryan, I have a question for you. Yeah. Okay, and I know this was a topic you want to do, but I just want to jump into it. How do you feel right now about the CFL and their position? They're yeah, in right so we're going to move over to the CFL. Uh, I feel really bad about the CFL season, if I'm being completely honest with you. I think the league has done uh, a really poor job at communicating with both the fans and the players on what exactly is going to be happening. And I think a big part of that is because they don't know what's going to be happening. Uh, I know All we know right now is that there's a hub city in Winnipeg uh, and a lot of players are opting out. Brandon Banks on the Ticats opting out. Uh, James Wilder Jr. retired early because he's he's just done with football at this point. Uh, this, the CFL is not looking good right now, and uh, that that's kind of terrifying for me. Yeah, Liam, what are, what are your thoughts on the CFL at least, or are you mostly in line with Ryan? Well, I'm not... I, I, I watch CFL here and there. I mean, I lived in Hamilton, so that's pretty much the only thing you do there anyways. But... Um... <laughs> It's definitely, it's something that, again, I look at the NFL and seeing like, okay, these guys are at least doing a good job of making this season somewhat happen, or at least trying to make a season happen this year. And then you look at the CFL that, like what Ryan was explaining, basically have done nothing. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to, I can't speak to any of the other teams, uh, but I am going to give props to the Ticats just because uh, they've been trying to, to fill in the blanks with the lack of communication. We'll get... Uh, as a season ticket holder for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, I will get emails from them uh, just kind of updating us on what the situation is. We'll get messages from the owner of the team, Bob Young, uh, on kind of what's going on and what, what they know and what their thought process is. Uh, so uh, I really appreciate that 
I, I can't speak for the other clubs. They could be doing the, the same thing. Uh, but I appreciate that at least the team that I follow has kind of been picking up the slack uh, where the league has been, uh, you know, kind of lacking. Uh, like, even Brandon Banks on Twitter uh, said, like, he intends on coming back in 2021 and he intends on playing for the Ticats in 2021 because he said the organization's been nothing but good to him uh, and and he wants to retire in Hamilton, even after all of the grievances that he's had with uh, the CFL uh, more higher up in the organization. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I know the CFL has done a very poor job communicating because it's sad when the Canadian Premier Soccer League has done a better job of it explaining their plan than the CFL. I think that's very sad, just talking money in general. So, yeah. If I was the CFL, and let's let me put on my metaphorical commissioner hat. If I yeah, you're Randy Ambrosi. Yeah, if I was the commissioner right now, your only job is, and Canada has very, we've been very good with this COVID so far for the most part compared to other places around the world. And if Winnipeg's where mm-hmm. they pick, I hope they stick to the bubble idea. And what I would genuinely do is kind of have the idea that less is more so more eyes are watching the tv for the fewer games i would basically just to salvage whatever you can before college football starts and everything have like every east and west team play each other once then the top four teams maybe top six teams like they usually do just do a playoff and we just can crown a champion before the nfl and college football get too crazy and all the big games start yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea, and like I, I would be content to to watch that as a CFL fan, uh, mainly because just at this point, who knows what the CFL is make doing. Make every game matter. That's what I'm saying. So I have to watch and make it like a Wednesday night or a Thursday night where there's not other football on. Because Liam, let's be honest. If you have a choice between watching the Tie Cats or the Browns, who are you watching? Exactly. So Ryan, you and me are very loyal CFL fans, but I think even in our position, it would be a tough moral dilemma watching a team that wasn't ours versus an NFL game that was very important. Yeah, and it's even more uh, interesting because a lot of... There there are many more CFL players opting out than NFL players just because... Money difference. Uh, yeah, the money difference. It's not financially viable for... Uh, a lot of players like Brandon Banks uh, was saying on Twitter that he's going to be working on getting his business started instead of playing this year in in his hometown of Riley, Carolina, North Carolina. So great city, by the way. Yeah, so it, it's uh, you, they, they have jobs outside of playing football in the CFL uh, and and they have they have families and they have to to look at their own personal bank accounts. And so you can't even... I, I don't blame any of these guys for opting out of the CFL season. Well, the average contract is between fifty dollars and $70,000 a year Canadian, which is less than American. Yeah. So just imagine, like, getting a fraction of that. Yeah, it, 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 it's just... It's bad news all around for, for CFL players. Uh, so the just the talent is not going to be as good as it normally is in the CFL. And then having to compete with the NFL and college football on top of that, it's just bad news all around. That's why less is more. That's what I'm saying. Less games that are very, very important where your team, if they lose one game, they could possibly be out. Make it that way. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree with, with Jacob in that respect. The CFL's in a really tricky situation. And while I'm rooting for them, uh, I, I have a, a, a sinking feeling when it comes to the CFL season this year. 
let me put it this way. If the South Carolina team's playing, if my Bears are playing, if there's a big NFL game, I would rather watch that genuinely than almost any CFL game. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame you, especially since they're going to have more of their core talent than uh, your, exactly. your boys, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Exactly. That's That's just how you have to look at it. So, uh, all right, do we want to touch on anything else before the end of the podcast? We're at 57 minutes now. Liam, if you want to interject anything, please be free, but I, I don't think we should go more than an hour. I think this is a fair, good time to kind of wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, I, th- I think we're pretty good here. I mean, w- there's definitely there's football news happening every day of the week, so we'll be yeah. back. <laughs> all right, so uh, uh, who wants to do the sign-off? Uh, I, okay, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the torch and just do it. All Bye, right, everybody. It. You know, God bless, praise Christ. Thanks for listening. <laughs> it was very short, very Christian too. <laughs> oh my God! All right, I'll, I'll do it. Thanks for listening to the third and ten podcast. Uh, I'm Ryan. We've been joined with uh, Liam and Jacob. If you'd like to follow us on social media, at Third and Ten Show on Instagram is uh, where you can find us. And uh, we'll let you know when new episodes go up on that platform as well. All right, sick. And then I'm going to hit stop.